Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Hi, this is Scott Wolf, and this conversation is with Orlando Ferrante. Although it's spelled like Orlando, when I first met him, he told me it's Orlando and that Orlando is in Florida. He left a professional football career to work for Disney, where he stayed with Walt Disney Imagineering for 40 years. While he wasn't on the creative side of the projects, he was as involved with Disneyland as anybody can be. Whether an attraction, restaurant, or shop, Orlando was involved in the planning and coordinating right from the start. And he ultimately worked not only on Disneyland, but on Walt Disney World, Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and the Disney Cruise Line as well. Early in his Disney career, Orlando established a department called PICO, which stood for Project Installation Coordinating Office, which coordinated the creation and installation of Disneyland projects and later for Walt Disney World, too. In fact, if you look at the windows on Main Street in Disneyland, you'll see his name listed for the fictional PICO Organization Company. That's quite different than his more comical window on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, which has him working for a massage parlor. Orlando was destined to work for Disney. Although he didn't begin working for Disney until 1962, he got to have a picnic lunch in Disneyland with Walt Disney's daughter Diane and her husband, Ron Miller, months before it even opened. To begin this interview from 2009, I asked Orlando how he ended up working for Disney. Here's Orlando Ferrante. I didn't know really what I was going to do, and, and then I, um, I went to USC on a football scholarship. And while I was there, I met a couple guys named Ron Miller and Dick Nunes. And so, oh yeah. So. And we ended up in the same fraternity, and we got, of course, we knew each other quite well. And, and I was always fortunate that one, Ron always mentioned if you ever wanted a job, you know, just give him a call. So I, I, after I got out of school, I went to the service and got that out of the way. And then uh, uh, when I, then I went and played with the Chargers for a couple of years in, down really? in, in LA and San Diego. Okay. And then uh, uh, came back and uh, decided maybe I ought to get a full-time job. They treated me to Buffalo, and I said, I don't want to go to Buffalo. So. <laughs> and that's when I called Ron. And, then, uh, and so he, um, he was gracious enough to still give me an opportunity, and that's when I came over here to uh, Old Wet Enterprises in wow. November of 1962. Huh. Yeah, so I spent 40 years here. What did you do? Because you were in football, yeah, you weren't training for no, no, not much. I learned everything right here really? on the job. Yeah, and I, I came in as a actually did coordination work. There was very little. There was a, they were very small. We were at fourteen, uh, not fourteen one flower. We were over there at uh, on the Sonora building, and um, there was about I was I think I was the fiftieth person hired at that time. Everyone over there probably should be a legend. I tell you, <laughs> they were all unique and different. And I came in, like I say, in, 19, in November '62. Yeah, we were the out? we were in the in the throes of, of developing the four shows from the New York World's Fair, oh. on it. And then uh, uh, I really got involved in the coordination. And when I got called over at the studio, and uh, Walt had uh, he had the tiki room sitting on stage three. Had been there for a couple of years, and uh, so he had, they had finally decided to put it into the park. It started off as a restaurant, and then it got so good they made it into a regular show. Yeah. So that was the first job I ever really did, and that was coordinating the move from the Disneyland, or from uh, you know, Stage 3 down to Disneyland to get everything installed. And, and that's how I got to you know, get to know people, and, and uh, it, uh, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a fascinating thing to think of ta taking it from the studio and bringing it to the park. 
when it was at the studio on a soundstage, was it full scale? I mean, oh no, it was in, full scale. So it's oh, like yeah. walking in a tiki. Oh yeah, car. exactly. It all, it everything all set up. Okay. Well, they were, you know, I had to get the facility ready down there, and then they had to get all the. And then there was a big pre-show out in front of the garden area. That was all. They, they didn't have that at the studio, so they all. That all had to be developed, but that was that was my first real job, really, to you know to get involved with the with all the talent here at uh, at, at that time. Wet Enterprises on the stuff. Yeah. You know, and so. you said also at, right around that same time was the World's Fair. Right, right. You know, they were they were doing. We didn't uh, since Wed was so doggone small. Uh, you know, everything being done for the New York World's Fair was being done at the. Uh, uh, at the studio, in the back lot of the studio, and then also, uh, you know, whatever we could do down at Disneyland. And there's where the figure of Lincoln was being developed, and and uh, we did all the all this, this. The sets were being done out there by a, a company called Grosh 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 Studios, G R O S H, back then. And uh, but after that, uh, after we got through with the New York World's Fair. Uh, you know, Mary Poppins came out, and I guess Walt made so much money on that he decided that he had built uh, uh, Maple, which is the the building uh, that we put all our our uh, uh, animation guys in that, that uh, we're building all the figures. So we brought we brought uh, there was seven of them we left in New York for the you know uh, to maintain what they had built, <laughs> which was the, the then a real. Education for them because they they had to live with what they had done and, uh, in New York though you say in New York yeah so after it was over with and uh, they built the building over here we brought those seven people back plus plus several others from the studio there's a crew of maybe about twenty that was that we started and of course then Waithel Rogers and Yale and everybody was all in there together yeah it was quite a quite a little group and the stuff you know did so. you go to the World's Fair oh yeah yeah do you remember anything about that. What oh, it, was like, or? it was great. It was yeah. everything on this. You know, you go with all, you go with all the, the the art, you know, the art directors and the talent that that did art, artists and engineers, and and always when you go through the rides and the and the shows, when we used to do it, we'd always look for something that wasn't operating right, you know. So right. and so you'd always remind the operator or the maintenance guys, look, you know, that was not. Uh, there's not, you know, performing the way it, it ought to. And, yeah. But you know, when you used to ride it with a with a public, you just it was it was wonderful. In fact, we used to like to even just stand in the queue lines and just go through the queue line and then and then go on the ride if you had the time, just to, just to get the reaction for how the you know, how the public was was feeling about. It. Remember, was standing in line that long, and then also, uh, and that's why you come up with the ideas of how you can entertain people in the queue lines and stuff. And operations always did a great job on. And how they handle that through entertainment, or yeah. even having a even having a uh, you know a drinking fountain right in the corner of a yeah. <laughs> in a long queue line on the right. stuff. So there there were a lot of it was just always very well planned, very well thought out, and, uh, and it was always the guest in mind. You know, mm -hmm. So definitely went back there to, to help in install some of the stuff, and then definitely went to uh, go back uh, when we struck all the all the the four main shows. We brought everything back here. Yeah. We brought everything back here. Uh, you know, in fact, the uh, the uh, Carousel of Progress went in Disneyland, Small World went in Disneyland, uh, and the Ford ride. Uh, we just brought the dinosaurs back. The cavemen, the cavemen didn't go in there. It was just all the dinosaurs for the train ride, you know, for the for the diorama. So, do you know why? Was there any reasoning as to why they didn't bring in the cavemen to Disneyland? They didn't have a facility big enough, and we didn't have a show that we could utilize them. And the train, the train. Needed a little bit more plus to it, and yeah. so so they just figured that the diorama was a perfect spot for it. Yeah. It was so it worked out worked out very well. 
and then they were in the process of doing the uh, getting ready for the you know the pirate ride and the and haunted mansion. Right. Yeah. So we got we got all those things going. It so was what, a, it was what, an exciting time with. Oh, I yeah. So. So what exactly was your job, for example, with the fair? Just you, coordination. Uh, Just coordinating all the all the shipments going for all the stuff we built on the on the west coast and getting the ship to the east coast and uh, getting. We had people in there who were doing the installations and the stuff, and then after it was over, making sure it all got back here. And then I, when we did that, I, we, before we started all the big stuff, which is, we had Walt Disney World in front of us, and I started this little organization called PICO, which is the yeah. you know Project Installation Coordinating Office, and, and it just started with a handful of people. And, uh, and then I used to, when we were getting ready to do Walt Disney World, uh, that's after we got through with the pirates and the and the uh, and the and the haunted mansion. Uh, I needed some people, you know, that we were doing. So I talked to Dick Nunes, and Dick sent up seven of his his top uh, young supervisors, and they were the they were the crew that that we used as a, as the project coordinators for Walt Disney World. And they all went to Walt Disney World, and some of them ended up as vice presidents and stuff. They go, oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he was. That was. It was always a choice. Coordination is always to me a, a job where you come in and you really learn how the company works because you work with all divisions and you work with all, with all the different departments and yeah. uh, and you really learn how it is. And and the nice thing about this is that uh, most of the ones that, that they gave me when they went in there, they were also they worked in the area that they had they had helped develop the shows for, like in each of the lands. So you know they were there to help ensure that the quality made was maintained and stuff because they were very knowledgeable about what 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 it was that, that all went together with. Yeah, and that was and then during the installation, of course, it got to be huge on the stuff. But then we would pick up people from uh, from all the different operating divisions to help us get all the stuff, whether it was food or merchandise or you know, or besides the rides and the shows and the stuff, and, you know, from the operation and maintenance people. So. It kind of all came together, and it was an organization that we kind of helped coordinate, you know, what we had to do and the people that we use. So it wasn't just, you know, a few people here. It was it was the it it kind of incorporated everybody, and they all. Yeah. It, and we had a great time, you know. Really? In those years, we didn't have project management; we had project engineers. And the project oh. engineers were the lead people on each of the projects, like in, for Walt Disney. Uh, look, we did Walt Disney World. The theme park was Don Edgren's, and the, all the exterior stuff was John Wise, and they were the, they were our project engineers. It wasn't until we did Epcot Center that we went into the project management mode and stuff. And we hired a project management company, and then and then we uh, developed. Uh, we got one of those. We succumbed one of their players, and and he became the the lead project manager for us. And then of course we. That he took all our project engineers and made them project managers. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that was that wasn't until we uh, we really got into the uh, Epcot. Before that, it was always just with the project engineer. We keep, then it became more departmentalized. You get you know you get bigger and you get supposed to be more organized and stuff. But it uh, I don't know. It always it it's always gets harder when you get bigger yeah. on it. So. What was the atmosphere like when Walt was still around? You know, it was a family. Really, it was. It well, wasn't. Yeah. Uh, I oh yeah, no, you got. Very hard. You know, you got. Everyone got treated, you know, great. Really. You know, he, when he went anywhere, you, you know, you didn't worry about how long you had to work because you always knew when you hopped on the plane to come back, there it was in the front part of the plane. You, you flew. Yeah, he flew everyone first class in those early years. I don't care whether you're a technician or you're a, you're an art director. So. 
you're always treated first class. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, as it gets going, then you get more, you know, it's like now it's a little bit, it's a lot more different. It's, yeah. it's, they can't afford to do it the way they used to do it on the stage, so there's a doggone big. But, you know, in those years, it was, like I said, it was very, everyone was treated like a family. It was, you know, you, just, you, you didn't worry about working 50, 60 hours a week or even longer, seven days a week. Because you knew whenever the job was done, was you were going to be, you know, you were being treated, you were being treated great. Wow. So, and Do you remember was, uh, when you met Walt? Or, uh, I first met Walt when I when Ron was dating Diane. Really? Yeah. Sad to say, uh, the only time I really interfaced with Bill Walt was when we were, when we were, we were at the studio taking the tiki room down a few times and stuff, but. Uh, and I, I sat in a few meetings, you know, but I was I was low down on the totem pole on the stuff. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, but I was fortunate enough to you know be able to come in here when he was still alive, and it was it was great. It was it was a wonderful experience. But you know, the, all the people that were here, you know, it, uh, it was kind of interesting because when when we after we got through with the Walt Disney uh, with the World's Fair. And all the work that was being done by the by the studio and stuff, and, and Walt had all these individual contracts under uh, Wet Enterprises. It wasn't with Walt Disney Productions; it was Wet Enterprises. So he had to, and Walt and Wet Enterprises was a wholly owned. It was was all was owned by by uh, by Walt himself personally on the stuff, and then that's why he owned the monorails at, at Disneyland, and then he steam trains, and then he also owned the Tiki Room when it first went in. So after this all happened, and uh, uh, the lawyers finally got to him and said, "Hey, look, you know, here you are over here. You're doing most of the work at the studio. Yeah. You know, so he had to. He sold. He sold Wed Enterprises to, uh, you know, to the company, to the Walt Disney Company. Right. And that's. Uh, but he, when he did it, he, it became a wholly owned subsidiary. So we had our own board of directors and we had our own officers. Yeah. Uh, Joe Fowler was the. Uh, I don't know if you know, remember that yeah, name. Sure, sure. Yeah. He was our chairman of the board of the, of the board of directors. Yeah, of our, our board of directors on this stuff. No, no, it was. Of course, Joe Fowler was. The, he was something else again too. He was the can-do. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was great to work with. What was he? Stuff. He always. He was no. He was an admiral. An admiral. Yeah. That's when we did, uh, you know, Walt, Walt hired him to help him build Disneyland, and, and then uh, what we did, Walt Disney World, we we uh, they hired also. Uh, Oh, the general, uh, General Joe Potter, but anyway, and he did all the the interface with the government and stuff, the local government and the in the state. Uh, so uh, that was kind of funny because we had an admiral and a general. Yeah, <laughs> that was always an interesting time. What about on the Honda Mansion and the Pirates? Um, I guess you always had to be learning as you go, but just for your job, do you remember any challenges or anything? I mean, how do you take? There were always challenges on the stuff, but there was never a problem of, of knowing you were going to be able to solve them and get them done. Yeah. In those early years, the, the, the main concern was always quality one and schedule. You know, just you know, you wanted to get it done in time, and you wanted to make sure you maintain the quality. And and the 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 the, the cost of it was always the concern. You know, Walt wanted to spend so much, so he, you know, he always wanted to make sure that it was the best. Yeah. And so we, you didn't have to worry so much on the on the cost of it as it was in the quality of what you were doing and whether or not you're meeting the schedule to get to get it done. You know, the main thing was was making sure that that uh, you know we 
we got everything done the way the art directors and the, and the creative people were trying to develop it. And, and what Wall approved to say, this is what we want to do. There was a TV show uh, back when Pirates um, originally opened. And they showed the transportation of everything. And in the back of the truck, <clears throat> uncovered, as they're driving down the freeway, you see the, the, the wench, you know, and the various pirates. Was that just for show, or were things covered and transported differently? Oh, no, we always, we always covered them and stuff. And, yeah. You know, but, you know, for entertainment and stuff, yeah. they always, or for, for being, working with, a, with, a, uh, with the publicity and stuff, they always, they always wanted to do it. But I, you know, that one, uh, yeah, that just happened, all this okay. stuff. And, of course, they're following the, you know, the truck down on yeah. this stuff, and so they, they don't miss an opportunity to take something. Yeah. At that time, we had we had built Maple, and we were building everything over here on the stuff. So, and we used we used the studios, especially the staff shot, to do a lot of the stuff. In fact, uh, in fact, when actually when we did the New York World's Fair, all the all the big dinosaurs and stuff were all sculpted down there at the in the staff shop at Disneyland. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then we would then we did the animation at the studio on the stuff. Oh, okay. so, yeah. Well, so they were sculpted. When they were sculpted, being they're all under they're, all the sculpting was being on, you know, under the direction of Blaine Gibson. You know, yeah. that, uh, well, there's yeah. there's a <laughs> I I was so fortunate to be able to come in the company at the time that I did because I you really work with a lot of wonderful people. Yeah, you know, and if you, ever, you, you you never worried about ever accomplishing anything because all you had to do is. Do what you could to help them. Make sure that they didn't, you know, to, that they didn't have any problems that you couldn't uh, help them resolve. As far as not so much in the creative side as it was the, the functional side, you know, making sure that they're, you know, you that that things went as smoothly as possible in order to meet your schedule and get everything done. So. So you were coordinating throughout a project, not just the oh, yeah. transportation at the end. Oh no no no! It was right throughout. from right from the start of design through through installation. Yeah. Were you involved from the initial concept, as far as at least being brought on to see? Uh, when, when we when we got when in the, into the later stuff, and the early stuff, it was there. I remember when I first came to work, uh, yeah. uh, Roland Grump was up and up. Uh, they were doing the Birdmobile. They were sculpting it in yeah. the in the model shop at the in the Snore building. And I, I used to come to work every morning. I look up there and here I see this guy up on, a, on this platform, <laughs> you know, sculpting the sculpting the, the tiki room wow. or the the uh, Birdmobile. So, but um, there were so many, there were so many good people there. Herb Ryman and stuff, and, and that were, they were all there that uh, that you worked closely with, and you were there just to do whatever you could to help them do whatever they needed done. Yeah. You know, and it, it wasn't, there wasn't anything too small or anything too big. You know, yeah. if you didn't know how, you went out and found out how. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. That was uh, that was a, that was the great part about it. And that's how that's how you learn. That's how I learned on the stuff. Yeah. So. They all had a they all had a a profession. They all they could they could draw. They could write. They could you know they uh, they were the engineers. And, yeah. But uh, you know they were they were all had a way of being able. To, in fact, when they most of them like Claude Coates and stuff, they 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 go in the model shop and help the model shop build everything. Yeah. The model shop was more the of the hub of the. Of, of where all the development was, you know, and yeah, no, that was, you know, was, there's people in that worked in the model shop that, that are just amazing. There was always this, there was this huge guy who was six foot seven, Jack, Jack Fergus, I don't know if you ever heard of him. I do him. know that name, yeah. And he had the hugest hands in the world, and wow. he would, he would sculpt the smallest little figures for all our models and stuff oh, wow. in such detail, you wonder, 
How could he do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no, he was amazing. He was Remember, amazing. Uh, yeah. Harry was talking about. Oh yeah, about sure. Fred Jerger and all those men. Yeah. Well, wait, they were all they were all kind of in the center of the of the in the old years, the early years. They were all you know always working around the model shop. Model shop was the in the old Sonora building. That was the main main portion. They had the offices for Cottrell and, and Clark and some of the, and the guys in the in the front. But then all the whole back was just all just wide open with. That was all model shop, and there's where everyone had their, uh, they had a few offices for some of the creative guys, uh, you know, Mark and Claude and stuff, but they, they spent most of their time back in the model shop. There's so many of them, you hate to talk about any one because they were all so great. I, yeah. you know, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed them all. I learned something from every one of them. Yeah. So, just amazed at what we were able to accomplish. Yeah. Because there, there wasn't anything we couldn't, we all felt there wasn't anything we couldn't do. Right. So, you know, Whatever you come up with, sure we can get it done. Wow. Uh, and we didn't care how new it was or unique it was, and hmm. and uh, and it was always there because you always had the support. You had the support from the top. And you ended up working on complete parks, right? You oh yeah. Were yeah. you involved in the opening of Disney World then? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah? gosh, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was amazing. Yeah, yeah it was Disney. I worked in all major parks. Uh, outside of, you know, it wasn't for the opening of Disneyland, but all the others there was, and up until they opened up Hong Kong, and, and uh, I didn't, I, I, I had retired when they opened up Hong Kong, but uh, I did go back there for, for a while. They sent me over there to talk to the troops for a while, one time, just to, but anyways, it was, uh, that's the only one I didn't do. But, you know, Tokyo, Disneyland, and, and originally, we did the, the toughest thing we ever did was what we, we were really doing two parks at the same time. We were doing Epcot Center and we were doing right. Tokyo Disneyland. Did you have a staff working for you? Or I had a lot of good people. Is that yeah. how it worked? Yeah. And those times I was in charge of, uh, uh, after did coordination, I was up in charge of the production end and then ended up being in charge of the uh, show and ride division. So what does that mean now? So then, after the coordination, what about production and what is the production end? Well, it's it, you produce everything that's in the show. Oh. You know, all the special effects, the lighting, the the uh, sound, you know, the animation, the, the, the and then includes the ride systems. And the, oh. the biggest problem in all that is, and you also have the interiors. You have the you have whatever it's a restaurant or it's a shop. Uh, you have the uh, you have the integration of all these things, especially in the show and the ride, how they all work together because they're all, you know, you can't separate them. They all, they all have to work and, and work in the proper sequence in the proper time. And so it's a matter of, of just making sure. You're, 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 the biggest thing that you need to do is once you get through with the the uh, of getting it all installed is is just is making sure it all works correctly before you turn it over to operations. And that was the nicest part because you'd always have operations working with you, you know, right as you started to install it. You'd start having operations and maintenance be part of your team. So that when you actually got it all through and you were going through your test and adjust, and then you finally went over there and turned it over to them, they were very familiar with it. And, and, and especially in the ride system side, they, they were the ones that actually did the test and adjust with our engineers and our technical people. So. Do you remember what some of your first projects were when you got into production after coordinating? Probably the major part is when I had that was in uh, when we did uh, uh, Tokyo and, and Epcot. I had production and coordination 
Oh, you were doing both? Yeah. Well, and then I got, and then I, then I, uh, and then after Roger Bogey left and a few other people, we, we decided, we ended up, uh, ended up kind of helping out on the, um, on the ride side too. What was the difference between production and show ride? Well, there was, well, show was, you know, the show end was the production side and the ride, the, there were two, two things that, 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 and they have to go hand in hand because then somewhere down the line, it, you know, you have you have things that are queued off the ride systems, and, and everything works together on it. So the the integration of all this stuff, special effects, and you know, you got you got lots of times you have things that are keyed off the ride system where they they'll 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 uh, initiate a trigger that turns on some of the animation and stuff. So it's, it's a place at the right time as you go by it in the vehicle and this stuff. So it's uh, you know it's all it, the, the show control portion of it is is very uh, as it relates to the ride control is is very critical to make sure that your your show and your ride are going to operate properly on it. Yeah. So it's a uh, and again it just takes a lot of good engineers in yeah. order to really go out there and help. So I mean, and most of the stuff we always did in house in the early years on the stuff. Yeah. We never could find anything on the outside that would do the job. So you, whatever we did, and we did it, and we bought something on the outside, we'd have to go out there and, and either, uh, we'd have to fix it, or we'd have to improve on it in order for it to be able to operate properly. And especially when you're trying to go out there and get something to work on, you know, 24-7. Yeah. You because know, when Disneyland stopped uh, operating just five days a week, and they went to seven days a week, it was, you know, that's a, that's a, and they go, 10, 12 hours a day. You have to have very reliable systems on that. So, oh, yeah. so we learned a lot that way. And then, you said uh, that you were in production and then show, right? Or were you doing both together? Doing both together. Oh, okay. The first 10 years was all coordination. About the, the next next 20 years was all in the in the administrative, the show ride, you know, area as far as the company. And then the last 10 years I spent with the company was really going back to project work. And, uh, I spent, I, I lived in, uh, I went to uh, Paris, over there, and lived in Paris for a couple of years, two and a half years. The last, the last, like I said, the last 10 years was really a lot of fun. I did, I, you get out of the, you know, back out of the running divisions, yeah. and you get back into doing project work, and you're back into what I really love to do to, to begin with, which was the coordination. It's yeah. really it's a glorified coordinator, really, is what, uh, you know, when you lead these projects on the stuff. I was also very fortunate because after I got through with Tokyo, or with uh, Paris, uh, we started working on Tokyo, Disney Seas. You know, that, that one is, is worth the price of admission, even if you don't go any of the rides or attractions and just walk around the park. And some of the vistas are really just unbelievable. One of the one of the one of the most fun things I ever I did was in between the is in between a, when I uh, got through with uh, with the assignment over in Paris yeah. and uh, came back here and I was here for a while and they were building two cruise ships in Italy and they had a lot of problems with the with the delivery of the first one in fact they they missed I think three three sailings anyways I was asked to go over there and help help finish the first one and then. Uh, Make sure the second one got off on time. So I spent a year in in uh, in Venice. That's where, yeah. But it was that was really fun. Yeah. We had a small group of people, you know, uh, uh, you know, just WDI people, and uh, and it was one of the one of the best experiences I really had because you're way out there in nowhere. The shipyard was in Venice, but we lived in a little town called Treviso, which was about 20 kilometers north of Venice. 
Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a small little wall community. It was, you didn't walk across the town in about 20 minutes. I was on loan from, from the Tokyo Disney Seas project. So after, so after we finished the ships and sailed away, we came back here and then we went back up and finished, uh, finished the Tokyo Disney Seas. Again, heading up the show ride group for that, uh, for that effort yeah. in the field. And uh, that was great. Why did they need Imagineering to be doing it? What is well, different? We designed it. Uh, that was under a naval architect and the development of it. And Wing Chow did a lot of the interiors and stuff. Uh, in fact, Bob Holland was one of the original architects in the, in the original one. And uh, when we did the first ship on the stuff, he didn't stay for the second. But, uh, you know, we, we, had a, we had about, that, like I say, it was a small group, but there was, about, there was about 20 of us. You know, there was from entertainment, and there was from uh, foods, and there was from, and there was from uh, special effects. You know, and all, and, and we had some coordinators, and we had, uh, you know, technical people. We had a crew of uh, of uh, inspectors, you know, to put all the systems on board the ship. Uh, we hired a bunch under under some, but we also had, we also had the the inspectors that uh, we hired ourselves that became the maintenance crew aboard the ship. Oh really? Oh yeah. Well, it's the same thing as you know, the same philosophy as you're building. Uh, Azure arrived. You want to have your maintenance people involved as early as possible and, and assigned to you in development and the building of these things, so that when they take it over, they're very familiar with it. Yeah. The same thing with this on the ship, yeah, yeah. on the stuff. In fact, uh, so most of the people that were doing the uh, inspection work ended up being part of the uh, the uh, operational crew under ending up the maintenance areas aboard the ships, and they've been very successful. What else did you do that was not a, a Disney park? Because I never would have thought that you would have worked on the on the cruise ships. Was there anything else you remember that wasn't like the park or the cruise no. something unusual like that? No. The only thing unusual was that there, during one period of time we decided that we wanted to do create some outside business. You, know, you so wanted to do what? Create some outside business. Oh, so okay. we ended up doing a doing a wedway for the Houston airport. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that was that was kind of different. Yeah, but so uh, was that like was the only thing that was ever done. The one way uh, being like the people mover. Yeah. The, right. Oh, so people sit down in the airport and. Yeah, we did the original one, then then we finally they took it over and they finally. In fact, I think it's still. I assume it's still operated over wow. there. When Mainly did you in, right after right after we got through with the Tokyo Disney Seas, when I got the letter that it told me that they had uh, they were going to include me in the Disney Legend group, yeah. I thought to myself, first off. They must have sent it to the wrong guy. <laughs> you know, like they, they must, because you know you're in such a high level of, of talent group of people that they have. Uh, you know, as part of the legends group, you figure, gosh, you know, it's a real honor. But uh, I had so much fun working with all the people that that we had here. It was it was unbelievable. It yeah. was, you know, gosh, I, you know, some of the things that. So just just working with just like Alice Davis and stuff with all the wardrobes and things and things that she did for us with the pirates and the and the small world and stuff and and uh, you know we you know in the early days when we did the small world originally on the stuff was that we we did all the you know design she would do the design and we did all the fabrication in, in uh, Disneyland you know 
Lilla Easton, we, she was the head of the wardrobe down there at that time. So we, all the small world, we used Disneyland to build it for us, wow. or manufacture the, uh, the the outfits. Okay. And then we did pirate ride, but when we, we actually when we did pirate ride, we did we did them all here. Oh, yeah, we set wow. up a whole. We set up a whole, uh, uh, Alice had a group of seamstresses, and we, and we did all that work here on the stuff. So it was a little bit of everything. It, it, you know, it, that's what, that was nice about, you were never put in a box, you know, you, that this is your only job. You, yeah. you're, you worked across the board, you know, and you that's were able to help out everybody. If they wanted help, you would help them. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and so a lot of people always, would, lots of times they'd search you out because they, they know you were there to help them. Right. And so they would come to you and just say, you know, we need this, see if we can get this thing done and stuff. And you just, just do what you can to make sure that, that uh, their job was made easier if you could. Yeah. I've, I've had a wonderful time in, in this company. It was, uh, and I can, I, all I can do is I can just, I, you know how much I, you know, just how much I thank Ron Miller for, if I've never gone to SCM a scholarship, I've never met, I've never met Ron or Dick, and, and uh, I've never been with this company. God knows what I would have done. That's but, amazing. You know, just being so lucky and being able to be at the right time at the right spot and then being able to come to WDI, I could have gone anywhere. Yeah. In fact, Ron says, hey, you want to go to Denver? And I said, what's in Denver, Ron? And he said, he said, well, we Walt had just bought a, a bowling alley and a bar and the stuff, and it was, I forget what they called it, it was in Denver. Mm -hmm. It was a big complex on the stuff. And, uh, and I said, ah, oh, Ron, I said, I don't, I, I don't want to go out there and run something like that, but a restaurant and a bowling alley and a bar, because he, he had, Walt had bought it with a bunch of other uh, movies, uh, stars and stuff. Uh, you know, it was a celebrity sports is what it was called. So it wasn't working out with everybody. So Walt bought everybody else out, and then, then so then he uh, he took it over. Wow. Uh, but anyway, I said I don't I don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> if, if at all possible. And so well, so he Ron sent me over to interview with uh, Mickey Clark, who was the he was the treasurer here at uh, at uh, at Old Red Enterprises. I was very very fortunate, very fortunate. I was fortunate one time with Ron and Diana. We had a picnic on uh, on the hub, right? It was probably about six months before the park opened. What about the parks that you worked on? Were you able to attend the grand openings? All of them. Really? Yeah. With, and uh, those spectacular, I mean, I, I just can't oh, yeah. the yeah. opening of yeah. the Magic Kingdom. Of well, I remember, it's just, uh, I remember when we opened up Walt Disney World, I wasn't at the, at the grand opening on that one, but I was, I, we were finishing up a lot of the stuff, yeah. <laughs> so we came up. Uh, we came up out of the basement. And we, were, we were over there, uh, standing on the balcony in the in the castle, watching all the people start to come in and stuff. So, oh, wow. yeah. But in, in uh, you know, in Tokyo Disney Seas and, and Tokyo Disneyland yeah. and, and uh, uh, Paris, yeah. all those. Yeah, you were all there for the the and Epcot Center and. We're all out there on, uh, you know, around the area there on World Showcase and stuff, and, and, uh, and they had, you know, they had samples of food and all the different. Oh. It was really great. And then at, at one time they had this, they had a big ceremony, and then they had a, a fly, a flyover came over. And that was, I always remember that. Oh, that was the a, airplanes they were. Oh yeah, no, that was that was amazing. Right there at the opening. But you know that it, it, openings are great, but it, it's getting there that that's all the excitement and Is stuff. It? Is, yeah. is, you know, just making sure that you know, you know that you were part of helping something 
happen. It's just unique and different. And you, always, you always forget about any anything that all the problems you had and going to get there because it, uh, and especially when the people enjoy it, you know that's what that's what really makes it worth all worthwhile. We hope you've enjoyed this Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Thank you for joining us.